Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. I am very excited about today's interview coming up in just a minute. We're going to be talking with Patricia O'Connell and Tom Stewart, co-authors of Our Wow and Win, which is all about service design, strategy, and the art of customer delight. Actually, that's website, blog, book, email, and more. And the team I just love the concept. And it is, you'll find out just your brand of how it's really about what they are service design. Turn your company into a public kind of like the, machine the whole that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.com. A company that's done an amazing digital. job of that. www.powerpost.com. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Packaging is beautiful. The uh, you just opening up, it's, it's an amazing experience. And then when you... Turn it on and start to use it. Hopefully, it's a good experience. If you have a problem, hopefully, you experience uh, some good customer service there, either through the Genius Bar in their stores or perhaps online if you call them or maybe their their forum where other users of the product go on and share how they have succeeded with problems that other customers might have or maybe alternative ideas, better ideas, new ideas. Anyway, it's a total experience and you can't let this happen by accident. So this reminded me of something uh, that years ago I read this book about Jan Carlson. And actually back in the early 1980s, I read an article by Jan Carlson, president of Scandinavian Airlines, who came up with the concept of the moment of truth and defined the moment of truth as any time the customer comes into contact with any aspect of a business, they form an impression. And it's at that moment you interact. But it can also be earlier than that. It could be part of the signage and promotion and marketing. And maybe it's a radio commercial. But it's any time you have an opportunity to um, get an impression. Now, most people think that moment of truth is tied to people doing business with, with people. However, about 30 years later, in about 2005, A.G. Laffley, the chairman and president and CEO of Procter & Gamble, Gamble, came up with his version of Jan Carlson's moment of truth. And rather than customer service, these were focused primarily on consumer sales. And he basically said there were three main moments of truth. Now, the first moment of truth is when the customer is looking at a product. They haven't even bought it yet. They're just looking at it. It's creating an impression. It could be in today's world. It can be in a store or even online. And the second moment of truth is when the customer actually purchases the product, and then uses it. Now, a company like Procter & Gamble is selling products through retailers or through other uh, retail channels. So really, they may not have control over the actual customer service experience uh, during the sale, but what they do have some control over is the quality of the product as the customer is using it. And eventually, uh, Mr. Lapley added a third moment of truth, was that the customer had feedback about the product, and they share that feedback with their friends and their colleagues and family members. And um, we just recently did an interview uh, with a gentleman who talked about uh, the net promoter score and how important the feedback is and whether or not you would recommend this uh, company based on the total experience to 
a friend or a colleague, somebody you work with. Anyway, I think these are all crucial, important moments, if you will. But there's another moment of truth that popped up on the radar, and that was when I was uh, reading and doing some work and ran into a gentleman named, uh, and I don't know, I hope I get the, the pronunciation right, it's Amit Sharma. He's the CEO and founder of Narvar, and he actually came up with what he calls the new moment of truth. Now, Mr. Uh, Sharma, he worked at Walmart designing a multi-channel supply chain network, and eventually he went to work for Apple, where he drove uh, many aspects of the shipping and delivery experience. Now, those experiences are very, very important to the total customer experience, if you think about it. Uh, I've written about something I call the after experience, what happens after a person a customer does business with you is there something that happens after somebody leaves your restaurant uh, that I call the after experience it could be a phone call the next day it could be a thank you note and that could happen for any business is it something that happens after uh, like when I have Apple uh, not Apple Amazon which I, I, I buy all the time and and as soon as I push the button and place that order I immediately get an email that says your order's been placed then your order is shipped and then um, I actually received recently with a company I was doing business with uh, they said hey your order has been received, and they tell me who signed for it in my building, which is pretty cool. Well, uh, Mr. Sharma has something he calls the actual moment of truth or what he uh, calls the moment of truth gap. And he says when a customer on the online world uh, buys something, they don't know when they're going to receive their package. And I just kind of talked this through a moment ago that when you buy something from Amazon, they send you the emails to let you know every step of the way. Now, a customer uh, who doesn't know uh, when they're going to receive their package but knows how the package was shipped, for example, perhaps it was shipped by FedEx, they can go to a FedEx page on the FedEx website and they can track it. But that's not a branded moment. Uh, or as Mr. Sharma says, a cohesive experience with the brand. That's a gap in the experience. The gap's the problem. So once that customer hits buy on the website, the company may send an email or text notification, like I mentioned with Amazon. But most companies, unless they have their own shipping department, now turn the order over to a carrier like FedEx or UPS or the United States Post Office, and that's the gap. And not only is there a lack of branded experience, there's no control over the experience. If one of these uh, shippers misses uh, the, the delivery, it could be due to a snowstorm. It could be, you know, a, a, a number of things. Maybe the, the package got lost. But it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It's going to reflect back onto the company. So the gap uh, may only be a short time. It could be two days long. If it's two-day shipping, it could be five days long. It takes five days to receive the product. But the bottom line is you have to control the gap. There's an old expression uh, that says, mind the gap. Now, where did mind the gap come from? It's actually uh, from the U.K., over in Europe or London, um, and rail passengers um, would step over a gap uh you know if there were tracks and they were taking a train or the subway or whatever they would have to step over a gap and not trip as they got into the 
into the uh, train. So mind the gap is where that came from. And that's what Mr. Sharma is suggesting to us is that we mind the gap. We keep people uh, completely involved in the process, even if they have no control. I just had a really great experience with a company. I'll tell you who they are. Penguin Magic. I love magic tricks. And I actually bought a magic book from Penguin Magic. And I received uh, a short email uh, that says, we've just shipped your book. Check out this video. And it was actually a video of somebody taking my book, wrapping it, dropping it in the box, closing the box, putting a label. And I could see the label was addressed to me. I thought, wow, I just saw somebody ship my box. That's the gap. That's part of what uh, our two authors in just a few minutes are going to be talking about, which how do you design an experience that takes you into, into account all the obvious interactions you might have with a customer, but also some that might not also that might not be so obvious. That's the gap. That's what Mr. Sharma calls it. That's what we're going to talk about in just a few minutes when we talk with Patricia O'Connell and Tom Stewart about their new book, Woo, Wow, and When. So I'm excited about this. Don't go away. We're going to be right back after a short break. This is Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you today an amazing interview, and we have not one but two great people that are going to join us, uh, Patricia O'Connell and Tom Stewart. Let me tell you a little bit about Patricia. She is a consultant out of New York, but she is known for, gosh, great things, content uh, strategy, and she was, uh, she was a writer on the book, and I love the title, How Excellent Companies Avoid Dumb Things, and that was written with Neil Smith. Tom Stewart is an executive director at the National Center for Middle Market uh, at the Ohio State University Fisher College of Business. He is the former editor-in-chief and managing director of, and I just love it whenever I can insert the word Harvard into my conversation, but he was the uh, editor and uh, managing director at Harvard Business Review. And both of these fine people have written a book that just came out titled Woo, Wow, and When, subtitled Service Design, Strategy, and the Art of Customer Delight. And you know that caught my eye because I love anything that has to do with customer delight. And when we learn from these two people, you are going to find out that there is a lot more to delivering a great customer service strategy than just letting it happen. You've got to make it happen. You've got to design it. So Patricia and Tom, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you. Thank you, Shep. I feel like it is going to be amazing. It is. It's always amazing. And even when it's not, it's still pretty darn amazing. I mean, I, I love it. We, we get to interview 
such great people that uh, I always say that even my worst interview was still amazing. So uh, we're going to take this one over the top. And you've written this great book about uh, service design. And I know a lot of people are wondering out there, okay, what is service design? Is it like uh, taking the customer journey map and plotting it out? Or, or you know, what do we do to create uh, service design? So let's go ahead and start with that. And I don't care who starts, but you guys can fight over it. Ladies first. Patricia, go. Okay. Service design is a fairly new discipline in the United States. It has its roots in Europe. But the real crux of service design is for a business to think, reimagine, and engineer the customer experience from start to finish. So from your first interaction, your first touch point with the customer to the very last one. Too often people think of customer experience as customer service. And customer service is really almost your last touch point, and it's the one in a way you want to avoid because customer service is about when something went wrong. Customer experience is about all the things you do to make sure that your customers have a terrific experience from start to finish with you, your brand, your services, what you're selling, your employees, you name it. And if I can jump in, one of the key words here is design. Uh, you know, we have more than a century of thinking and acting and knowing about product design and what makes an iPhone look good and feel good in your hand and all that sort of stuff. But the idea behind service design is that a service experience can be designed and should be designed just as thoughtfully as a product is. And it doesn't matter whether that service is what happens in a Starbucks or what happens in an investment bank or a law firm you know, or on a, a, an airplane journey. Every part of a service can, be, can and should be designed to create, to set a set of expectations and then deliver on them in a way that maps what your strategy is. So that Starbucks wants to create a different experience from a deli or Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's, you know, and how do you design everything so that you do that because that's your strategy. Right. So, and what everyone, what oh. really everyone is aiming for, Shep, is what we call the ah moment. Mm-hmm. Whether, again, you're buying the cup of coffee, whether you're sitting back relaxing and enjoying the flight, whether you're throwing your suitcase on the bed in the hotel room, whether you walk in and you see the person um, at, at your bank who knows you and who you know is going to take good care of you, there's just a, sort of that mental, ah, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be exactly as it should be. So it's not an aha moment. It's an ah moment. There's a big difference. Aha surprise. Ah is I'm glad it's the same it was as the last time I was here. I'm comfortable. I'm feeling good. Now, Patricia, you made a comment, and, and I'm going to – I think that you didn't mean it exactly as it sounds. You said customer service is primarily something that happens when there's a problem. Yet, at the same time, I hear both of you saying that it's, a, it's happening throughout the whole experience. So I think what happens is many companies, and unfortunately many people in those companies – feel customer service is like a department. It's where people go to complain and uh, have a question, they get it answered, uh, have an issue, they get it resolved. But the idea behind, to, to me, customer service is really more of a philosophy. And I think that's really what you're starting to hit at here. It's, it's with every employee at every interaction point. And, and Tom, you mentioned, you know, start to finish uh, from the very moment the customer interacts with you, which may not be with a person. So I think, you know, a, a, 
for lack of a better maybe term. Maybe with an ad on television. Yeah, yeah, it, no? exactly. It could I mean, be an ad. It could yeah. be a marketing piece. Uh, Jan Carlson, years ago, wrote a book called yeah. Moments of Truth. Love this book. I consider it one of the top ten books I've ever read in my entire life. And it's short. You could still get it. It's not take an hour to read it. But he talked about how every interaction point is the opportunity for a customer to create an impression. And he says it. Yeah, and, and Jan Carl, you know, the, uh, that book is almost as good as Woo, Wow, and Win. I got uh, Yeah, you know, really, I love, I love really exactly. Almost and, you know, as good. One of the good. things we talk about in the book, Shep, is that is we talk about three, you know, obviously there's a whole map, as you mentioned, a journey map, right? Mm-hmm. Every touch point all the way to the end, right? But there are also, within that thing, there are some moments that matter more than others. We call them critical customer interactions. So there's some things like you got to do hygienically. You got to have office hours that are reasonable or whatever it is. You know, you got to if you if you're in LA, you got to offer parking. If you're in your New York, you got to offer delivery. You know, there are things like that. And then there are things that you have to do that we call market segment essentials, which are like if I am a business class hotel, I got to offer decent Wi-Fi, right? For, but some others might not. But then there's what we call the critical customer interactions, and those are the moments when you either make it or break it. It's a make-or-break moment. You either make it or break it with a customer. An example I like to use is automobile insurance. Hey, adding a new car to my policy, anybody ought to be able to do that. No big deal, and, if it's, and it should be easy. But the critical moment is if I've got a claim, and how you handle that claim, that's going to make me hate you or love you. Right, as, I love as that. As a company. Mm-hmm. But those critical moments are the ones that express your strategy or that take your customer at a key moment for him or her when you have got to deliver an ah moment. Love that. I love it. And I love the car insurance example because we've all been there. Um, and Unfortunately, I'll, yeah, right, exactly. I'll never forget uh, years ago I, I called an insurance company, and it wasn't about a car. It was about a claim on my son's watch that was stolen. And they were giving me grief about it. And I said to the woman, I said, you know what? You have an awesome responsibility right now. And she says, what do you mean? I said, because right now is a decision that I'm going to make whether or not I ever uh, pay you any money for my premium ever again or not uh, based on how the next 30 seconds are going to be handled and it took a little longer than 30 seconds but she got it I was being denied a claim that I felt was right and she felt was right but somebody upstairs didn't I said you've got to go to bat for me my insurance guy thinks it's right you think it's right but somebody upstairs is kicking this around and saying hey let's not pay out the full claim this is your chance and guess what she she came through and that's one of the real essential aspects of excellence in service design and delivery, Jeff, is about empathy, is companies need to look at it from the customer's perspective. When you are filing a claim, whether it's for the stolen watch, a car accident, um, health insurance, it's, it's a somewhat emotionally charged situation. You know, you're going into that with, with not just expectations, but also a hot moment. Um, and really, they need to... Think about what is happening in the customer's mind right now. What is going on in the customer's life that is triggering this call to action from us? And empathy makes a huge difference in your ability to deliver a great customer experience. Yeah, as part of our research for the book, we went down um, and talked to people at the Savannah College of Art and Design, where Victor Amoli has runs the service design department. And... Um, 
Victor was showing us some of the journey maps that they have on their wall and they have their students do. And on some of the maps, they actually sort of keep a track. It's a, a, they, they ask people to keep track of what the customer's emotion is likely to be and then how you want to deal with it. You know, if I'm wrought up, you might want to calm me down. But if I'm coming into a ball game, you might want to heat me up, right? So you might want to take, I mean, again, I've mentioned Starbucks before. Starbucks is a great example of a company that took something that was an emotion-free experience, you know, getting a cup of coffee at the deli, and tried to turn it into something warm. So, you know, you, you, can, you think about sometimes you want to, you know, validate the customer's experience. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss or in the funeral home or whatever it might be. Sometimes you want to take that emotion and see if you can change it, calm them down, or engage it, heat them up. They're, they're really interesting questions about how you design that. And it's, I, don't mean, I don't mean to be manipulative. I mean, as what Patricia was saying, to try to get the customer to where she or he should be so that you have a satisfactory relationship with each other. Love it. So I think we need to take a look at all of our journey maps, and I believe everybody plots out where the main customer interactions are at the top. But isn't it interesting that you would suggest at that interaction, what do you think the emotion is? And as we go back to Jan Carlson's book, Moments of Truth, which was based on his experience of running an airline, he went through the basic steps. You know, you made you made a phone call. Uh, and if you made a phone call to a reservationist and you were getting ready to take a vacation, pretty good chance that you're excited about taking a trip, right? And reservationists should pick up on that and say, oh, you're going to love it. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you know, you mentioned Starbucks. Another, uh, I consider Starbucks like uh, almost a cliche when it comes to great service, which is a, po- which is a, a compliment. So is Zappos. Zappos is known, uh, you know, one of the things they're legendary for is that long 10-hour and, I don't know, 35- or 40-minute phone call. And what happened is, <laughs> yep. is the, the, that customer service agent, that support person or salesperson, was talking to the customer and found out the person was moving, started to engage in conversation, and, wow, uh, you know, sure, a 10-hour phone call is a little crazy, but at the same time, uh, I think the publicity from the cost of the support person sitting there is far greater in, in value than the actual time she spent on the phone. Although I can tell you about the six-hour phone call my wife had with our Internet service provider, which was not a happy oh, call. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the so, reason, Chef, the reason yeah. it worked for Zappos was is that is designed into their business model. It's a core that value. Take as much time as it takes to resolve the customer's issues as opposed to you have a quota of how many calls you have to get through in in X amount of time. You know, it's a question of what they're measuring. They're measuring customer satisfaction and customer happiness. Um, You know, Tony Shea's book is actually called Delivering Happiness, where other places are measuring output in terms of how much did you get, how many did you get through, not what did you do for the customer. How quick did you get them off the phone and onto the next call? And, you know, the other thing that's interesting, think about what they're selling. They're selling shoes. You know, they're not selling T-shirts. You know, a 10-hour call to sell a T-shirt would be a little different from a 10-hour call to sell shoes. One of the examples we give in Wu Wow and Win is the story of Warby Parker. And, you know, selling prescription eyeglasses over the web, like there's a certain sort of, you can imagine the customer 
thinking of emotions is a little wary. Wait a minute, are, are you sure? Is this legit? How do you do this? So one of the things that Warby Parker did, we talked about this, is they, in, in everything from the way people spoke on the phone, because you could talk to them on the phone, the way their website looked, the way everything else looked, they wanted to make sure that they were saying, hey, it's okay. We are not, we're selling you real eyeglasses. This is not a fly-by-night kind of outfit. And in a similar way, shoes are pretty personal buy. And so you'd probably invest in that kind of customer relationship and, and, and frontline employee a little differently from, as I said, if you were selling T-shirts. Right. Love it. So your book is called Woo, Wow, and Win, Service Design, Strategy, and the Art of Customer Delight. This book is available just about anywhere where books are sold, your corner bookstore, the independent bookstore, the majors like Barnes & Noble, and, of course, around the world on Amazon.com. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about some more of the specific uh, examples and ideas that we can learn from your new book. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. Delivering relevant content, not late promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.digital. That's www.powerpost.digital. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Patricia O'Connell and Tom Stewart about their latest book, Woo, Wow, and Win. I love what we're talking about. Let's go ahead and dive deeper into the book. Um, can you give us some, some like the key takeaways, the things we're going to learn? Give us a nugget or two or three if we have time. I think a key thing is that there are really five principles of service design that cut across all industries, whether you're an individual service provider, whether you're a giant multinational. And the first one is, the customer's always right, provided it's the right customer for you. There's this idea that, yes, it's always about the customer, and the customer's always right. Never argue with them. Give them whatever they want, no matter what the cost, and that's just not right. You need to focus on the right customers for you. And the second principle, which is also a little counterintuitive, is don't surprise and delight customers. Just delight them. I like that. Keep it consistent. Let them know what they can expect from you. Meet those expectations and do it in line with your strategy. That way you can do it reliably, repeatably, profitably, and scalably. So we've got five principles, and those are two of them that Patricia talked about, and there are some others about innovation, and I think a really important one is that um, uh, great service should not require heroic efforts either on your part or your customer's part. And, and, and we sort of talk about the, the Downton Abbey syndrome of, you know, where everything is, is, is 
chaos in the kitchen, even though his lordship is, is enjoying a wonderful experience. That's just as bad as if his lordship's wonderful experience is screwed up. Um, but another thing, key idea, I think, in the, in the book is that service design and customer service and connects to strategy through what we call archetypes. And we think that there are nine sort of archetypical service designs, and those range from the bargain, the Walmart, I'm the Walmart of, right? The trendsetter, I'm the Apple of or the Warby Parker of. Um, the safe choice, I'm sort of the CBS or the Macy's, you know. I don't know what they like, but such and such a place is always good. Um, the solutions provider, there are nine of them. And, and one of the things that we think is important is that you should recognize which is your archetype. And you're never going to be 100% there, but which is your main way of doing things? Are you the classic or are you the bargain? And then build everything around that archetype and look for others of a similar type to give you examples so that, you know, if you're a high-end steakhouse, which would be a classic, you might see, gee, is there anything I can learn from Brooks Brothers, which would be a classic, or vice versa. So this, the principles are really a key idea these archetypes, which can help you anchor your service design in like a 360 total package. So you're, you really know what you're doing at every point so that you're true to your style and your strategy wherever you meet. So I love it. I want to hit on two things, one that Patricia said and one that you just said, Tom. We'll start with that. I love the idea of the steakhouse that doesn't want to look at other steakhouses. They want to look at other high-end businesses. What can we learn from them that we can bring into our steakhouse? Because you know what? If you're going to look at another steakhouse, you're looking to copy somebody that does what you do. Is that kind of what your thought process is there? Both. That, if that's one thing. The other thing is you can sort of get surprising inspiration. You know, the Genius Bar at the Apple Store was inspired by the concierge desk at the Four Seasons Hotel. Steve Jobs said, that's what I want my in-store tech support to be like. Wow. So that, that's, a, I mean, that's a perfect example. And Patricia, your comment uh, on one of your five principles is don't surprise and delight, just delight. You know, I have this philosophy that service, you only get to surprise people when there's a real problem and it falls in your lap and you can't wait for that rainy day or that, that catastrophe to be amazing. You must always be amazing or always be delighting, uh, which in my mind is just a consistently above average experience, just a little bit better than what they expect from everyone else. And if you can do that, even if it's just the tiniest bit above average, you are, and it's consistent, by the way, you are on your way to being an amazing company for these folks. So um, great concepts. I, I, I want to know, so you, you, we, you, I heard two, I want to hear the other principles if we have time. Do we, can we take a moment? You, you gave us two, I think, although the... Uh, and uh, I gave you the third one. Uh, the great no service, no which doesn't require action. heroic efforts, right? Okay, so that was one on, of your on principles. On either side, customer uh-huh. or, 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 or provider. Mm-hmm. The that. fourth one is... Anywhere you play, you need to play well. Coherence across all channels. Customers expect now to be able to hopscotch among channels. They want to do things in person. They want to do it online. They want to do it with an app. They want to do it by phone. You know, some don't don't be a terrific online seller and give a horrible experience in person. You know, it's interesting. Warby Parker, for example, has said that they really see themselves as platform agnostic. They want a customer to have just as great an experience in one of their shops 
as they would if they call on the phone to place an order as if they do it online themselves. And that also goes for your partners, right? So, you know, Restoration Hardware uh, had to change out its delivery guys because as they were going more high-end, they said the guys who were delivering the furniture were too scruffy. They didn't fit the brand. So, you know, it's not only every channel, but you also have ecosystem partners, and so you you may not own them, but you want to influence them too, so that you are consistent and coherent across those channels as well, across those partners as well. Right. So, what's the fifth and principle? You're never done. You're never done. Iterate, create, innovate, and repeat as needed. And in services, where we're talking about it, one of the things that is important is that you know we have this idea that innovation is you know Guy Rogerlus in a lab right and it's all R&D based but in services a lot of innovation innovation can and should happen everywhere at every touch point and everywhere along the value chain so it becomes everybody's business which you then have to orchestrate and design so you mustn't forget all the opportunities for innovation that service provides wow and you have an opportunity to innovate with your customers Customers are in the mix with you in services as opposed to products. You make a product, you know, it comes off the assembly line, somebody buys it, there's that disconnect, if you will, between buyer and product. In services, you need to be there. I can't outsource my haircut, okay? I need to be there for the haircut. I have to be there for the service to occur. Right. And Speak that for is yourself. You haven't seen my haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe you want to stop outsourcing it then, Chef. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm just, I get it. This is, this is great. We could talk for hours and hours on this, so, but we're not going to. We only have a few more minutes, and what I want to do is, is close out uh, by asking each of you to share the one thing you absolutely want this audience to remember when we're finished with this conversation. It could be something that you've already talked about you want to emphasize or something different and new. Uh, let's go ahead. We, we, we did ladies first the last time. Let's do ladies first again. Patricia? I think what's really important for people to realize is that there's a strategic element to service design, and there's also the delivery and execution element. They have to be in concert, and that means that the people who are setting the strategy, which is we're going to be customer-centric, also have to empower the people who are delivering the service, the frontline employees. They're the people who are going to know more about the customers than all the data on, uh, on you know, in the cloud is going to tell you. They're the people who are responsible for checking in with the customer about his or her emotions. So strategy and delivery and the people who set strategy and the people who deliver the services, there has to be a connection among them. Right. So the design is nothing without the execution. Absolutely. All right. Tom. Well, I'll pick up on that because we're good co-authors. And, and part of what we believe is that the design is the pathway between the strategy and the execution. And I want to come back to the, the fundamental point that I think is, is, it should be emphasized, and we emphasize it in Woo, Wow, and Win, is that good service, great customer experiences need to be built into a company, laid into its very keel, the way performance is designed into a BMW or intu intuitiveness is designed into a Mac. It's got to be there from the beginning. And if you try to slap it on at the end, um, it's not going to work. You, you know, and, and all of the good intentions in the world will not deliver what you want unless you design it in. And then the 
you'll be able to deliver it with a whole lot less effort. Yeah, there's a reason that great movies are well-written and scripted. <laughs> They're not just saying, hey, let's take a bunch of equipment, uh, filming equipment with a bunch of famous people, and let's see what happens. Now, maybe you'll that's improvise. Seinfeld. Maybe that's Seinfeld, but it's not usually going to happen. Wow, this is outstanding information. I hope everybody listens to this uh, more than once because there's so many nuggets that you've shared with us. The book is called Woo, Wow, and Win, Service Design Strategy and the Art of Customer Delight. And we have been talking with Patricia O'Connell and Tom Stewart, uh, co-authors of the book, amazing people. And by the way, thank you both for being on the show. This has been awesome. Thank you, Shepard. Talk right back. Oh, thank you. And remember, everybody listening, as I always like to end every show on Amazing Business Radio, it's to remind you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>